This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 5th of July. In your squiz today, wet and wild weather in New South Wales, a mass shooting in the US, closing arguments in the Chris Dawson murder trial, and the best, worst, biggest thing. This is your squiz today. The wet and wild weather has continued in New South Wales with the fourth straight day of rain pounding a 500-kilometre stretch of coast between Newcastle and Batemans Bay. Eight-metre swells at sea saw a cargo ship needing to be rescued after it lost engine power with 21 crew on board. It was towed to calmer waters where the engineers will work on getting it going again, all a bit dramatic but ending well. If we take a look inland, Clare, the Hawkesbury, Nepean and Colo rivers have all flooded. And residents there are doing what they have done on a couple of other occasions this year, which is evacuating, uh, trying to wait it out and then going back to homes that are going to be uh, devastated again. Uh, As you say, it's quite a stretch that has been impacted by all of this rain, but those floods are going through those very well-worn paths that they've been through already this year. There are 32,000 people who have been impacted by the flooding, the government says. Uh, Conditions are easing, but it's still very dangerous. What they're worried about is that even if the rain eases up today, those floodwaters are going to keep on coming. For people in those areas, it's the fourth lot of flooding in 18 months. And like we said yesterday, you've got to feel for them. Senator Murray Watt is the new federal emergency minister. And while he's acknowledging the back-to-back La Niñas we've been having, he's also looking squarely at climate change. Yeah, he says that the fact that we're seeing these kinds of natural disasters happen at a really big scale and very frequently uh, means that there's one issue at play and that is climate change. And he said that the Albanese government is going to do things differently. Uh, That includes shaking up those who are in control of national resilience and recovery. Shane Stone is the man who was heading up that agency that was created by Scott Morrison after those devastating 2019-2020 bushfires. Uh, Stone, though, is someone who had quite a view about some of these things. Yeah, he was in the news a lot earlier this year for saying that people who choose to live among the gum trees in flood-prone areas shouldn't blame the government for losing their homes. Senator Watt also announced that two emergency and resilience organisations will be merging to form one national emergency Management Resilience and Recovery Agency. That move is aiming to strengthen Australia's ability to prepare for, manage and recover from the increasing number and severity of disasters. Over to the US and six people have been killed in a shooting at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park near Chicago with 24 people hospitalised as well. It's still being considered an active incident at this stage by police. 
Yeah, officials are still looking for the gunman. They say that he's a white man. They think he's about 18 to 20 years old. Uh, They have locked down that Highland Park area. It's an affluent suburb. It's about 40 kilometres out of Chicago. uh, And it's been featured in many movies, including Ferris Bueller's Day Off, if you can remember those scenes. Mm. But what some who attended that parade say is that they heard 20 to 25 shots in really quick succession. Uh, They don't believe then that it's a handgun or a shotgun. It's probably something more like an assault rifle. Uh, Of course, we've talked a lot about that in recent times, about people being able to get their hands on those really high-powered weapons. It's been just a week after the US Congress passed the first bipartisan legislation on guns in America. That legislation, of course, didn't go as far as implementing any restrictions on automatic assault weapons. Back home now and a Melbourne aged care home where 45 people died from COVID-19 has been charged by Victoria's workplace safety watchdog. The outbreak at St Basil's was big news back in 2020, Claire. Yeah, it was. It was July 2020 uh, when that outbreak of COVID went through that aged care home. Uh, Of course, when we think back, it seems like forever ago, but uh, it really was quite a story as that lockdown in Melbourne really kicked off. Uh, What happened in the end was that 94 mostly Greek-speaking residents contracted COVID. The same number of staff also got COVID, and there was a lot of pressure on those who ran that facility to do better. Uh, What ended up happening was the Victorian government took it over. Uh, And as you say, 45 residents died. They also believe that another five residents died of neglect during that period. Uh, So there has been a long-standing investigation into what happened at St Basil's, uh, 23 months of investigations, in fact, a lot of pressure on the home's managers to explain what happened, and they've refused to do that. Uh, So these charges were something that the families of those who died wanted to see. There are nine charges all up for breaches of staff safety and each carries a fine of up to $1.49 million. The hearings will kick off next month. There is also a separate coronial inquest into the residents' deaths and that is ongoing. To the courts now, the murder trial of Chris Dawson, the former rugby league player and school teacher accused of murdering his wife Lynn, is beginning to wrap up. Prosecutor Chris Evans has put forward his closing arguments. Yeah, and what he says is that Dawson had three motives to kill his wife. One is that he held deep resentment towards her. Uh, next is that he had, a, and this is the quote, an utter infatuation uh, with the teenage student who eventually became his second wife. Uh, also, the prosecutor said that Dawson had an unwillingness to deal with the financial consequences of divorce. Uh, and that's why they say that it's very unlikely that Lynn Dawson just simply went missing. He'll continue his closing address today. The trial is in its ninth week. Keeping an eye on the Aussies at Wimbledon, both Nick Kyrgios and Isla Tomlanovic have made it through to the quarterfinals. No such luck for Alex Demonor and Jason Kubler. Yeah, Demonor had a five-set tussle with Christian Garin. He didn't get there in the end, which is such a shame because he was two sets to love up. Mm. Uh, he didn't get there. Uh, Jason Kubler was eliminated by Taylor Fritz. That was in three sets. Um, but back to Kyrgios, it was a bit of a roller coaster as these things usually are, uh, but he won it 
in five sets. Uh, he struggled with some shoulder pain. Um, no reports of all the antics that mm-hmm. we've seen in the matches that went before, uh, but it is the first time that he's got to a Grand Slam quarterfinal since 2015, so a really big achievement for him. Uh, Tom Lanovich, though, has a better record and she's through to the quarterfinals for her second Wimbledon in a row. Let's hope that she's got her accommodation sorted, that her dad's taking care of that this time. <laughs> Kyrgios will take on Christian Garin, who knocked out Demonor, and Tom Lanovich will play Kazakhstan's Elena Rybakina. Now, Australia is full of big things, the big banana, the big guitar. We mentioned a few weeks ago about the annual competition of the worst big thing in Australia. Remember, this is where we don't swear. And a winner (laughs) has been declared, Claire. I'm really down about this. It's really put a downer at the start of my week. The big potato in Robertson in New South Wales (laughs) has been voted the worst big thing in Australia. Look, I could be nice and say I respectfully disagree, but just quietly I'm seething. There's no respect in it at all. They are not respecting the spud. (laughs) You don't respect their decision. Part of their decision said you can't spell potato without poo. which is true and I've never thought about before and probably won't ever think about again. But anyway, it beat out the world's tallest bin that is in Kalgoorlie in WA. This is all done by Facebook page where they're actually all about finding Australia's crappest town. Again, insert swear word. It's quite hilarious. I'll put the link in your episode notes. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you taking note of today? 2.30, we'll hear from the Reserve Bank uh, after their board meeting this morning about how they're feeling about interest rates. Uh, What some of the analysts say is they reckon a half percent increase today. First Tuesday of the month, of course, we will be taking note of that. It is also the anniversary of the premiere of Seinfeld, uh, that very long ongoing serial comedy. You're either, I reckon, a Seinfeld fan or you're not. I won't say which side of the fence I land on. That (laughs) premiered back in 1989. That's all from us today. Have a good Tuesday. We will be back with you tomorrow.